Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. Here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to Miller Thomas, the always wonderful host of this podcast. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm graduating pretty soon from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. And I'm going to need a job. So please go check out my website. You can see all my graphics, photos, packages, and articles on there. So go please check that out. Now, for today's show, we got a jam-packed show as always. Today, we're going to be talking about D-backs versus Rockies do the continuation of the series we did yesterday where we did D-backs versus Padres. We're going to just compare the D-backs to every team in the NL West, talk about the offseason, you know, the rotation, the lineup, the bullpen. So you guys are going to want to stay tuned for that. But first, if you want to reach men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast, Locked On Diamondbacks, to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, here is my talk with myself and I, you know, me, myself, and I, on who's better. The D-backs or the Colorado Rockies? All right. So, breaking down another D-backs versus NL West opponent. This time, it is the Colorado Rockies. We're going to do the same criteria as we did yesterday against the Padres. Look at the offseason moves. Look at that lineup. Look at that rotation. And look at the, the bullpen. Excuse me. Now, we are not going to look at the managers. I said yesterday, managers are very important in the sport of baseball. Could, uh, but uh, I'm focusing more on the players. You know, the product, the guys, you know, actually hitting the ball. I'm not saying the managers are important, but we're going to be focusing on the players today. So, that was me drinking my water. So, who has a better team between the D-backs and the Colorado Rockies? So if we take a look at the offseason moves again, we know what the D-backs did during the offseason. They went out, acquired Starling Marte, didn't give up a ton for him. So that was a good move. Got Madison Bumgarner, five years, $85 million. You know, People thought he was going to be worth over $100 million. Or the, the D-backs weren't going to commit that fifth year. But you know what? They did commit that fifth year because they only got him for 85 so when they heard only 85, they're like, of course, we'll go that fifth year and we'll poach a Cy Young caliber pitcher from one of our division rivals, the San Francisco Giants. So that was another good move by the D-backs. And they signed a guy like Cole Calhoun, a 30 home run guy. They got Junior Guerrero and Hector Rondon, two middle relievers with some closing experience and even some starting experience as well. So those guys are pretty versatile. So the D-backs had a pretty nice offseason, you know, getting an all-star gold glove center fielder, getting a, a World Series champion as a, and an ace as, as one of your other acquisitions, and then a solid everyday outfielder and some middle relievers. You've had a good offseason as the D-backs. You've addressed some needs, some areas of weakness. And just overall, you acquired some talent, which is just uh, very good. But how about when you compare that to the Rockies? You know, what did the Rockies do? And, you know, when you look, if you just go Google, you know, Rockies offseason moves, they pretty much did nothing. They just stood pat this offseason. That was such a surprise after coming off back-to-back playoff appearances and then failing to make it in 2019. You thought they were going to maybe do something 
in uh in the offseason to address those areas of weaknesses that they had last year in 2019. But they did nothing. They let Chad Bettis go. Their, some of their other free agents were claimed. They pretty much didn't really sign anyone. They didn't really do anything. They let uh, Yonder Alonso become a free agent, Drew Patera become a free agent, and they just really didn't do anything. They signed a bunch of guys to minor league deals. You know, they signed right-hander Jose Mujia to to a deal. You know, he's coming off Tommy John in 2019, so they'll give him a chance to compete in camp. But they didn't really give anyone. They 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 signed Trevor Story to an extension. They signed Scott Oberg to an extension. They didn't actually go out and sign any free agents to, my, uh, to major league deals that could help them in 2020. So I think that was a, a big shock to a lot of Rockies fans because they feel like they had the offense to you know, maybe make it back in the playoffs in 2020. But their pitching really struggled last year. And, it, and from their offseason moves, they didn't address those areas of concern at all. They just said they just stood pat and they said, hey, we'll just trust our guys. Hopefully last year was a fluke. And we'll get better in 2020. And we'll see if that happens. But I'm just surprised that the Rockies didn't go out and sign any starters, any bullpen guys. Because that was just such a, you know, they were just so porous in that area last year. They couldn't pitch to save their life. And now they're not going to even do anything during the offseason. So I think that was a big surprise. So this one wasn't even a comparison. D-backs won the offseason all the way. Now, this is where this part of the podcast gets fun. I think we start going position by uh, position, looking at which player is better. I think that's when you start uh, having some pretty interesting conversations. So let's do what we did yesterday with the Padres. Go down the position by uh, position by position, go around the diamond, and see which player is better at each position, the Diamondbacks player or the Colorado, Colorado Rockies player. So let's start with the catcher position. Okay, so the Rockies catcher is Tony Walters. They actually, I think, just re-signed him to a deal uh, through arbitration. And so Walters, I mean, he, he was solid last year. He batted 262, but he really didn't give you anything offensively outside of just average uh, production at the plate. You know, he, di- he didn't have any power, one home run. He had no stolen bases. He had 36 walks in 121 games, so... He didn't really do much for you outside of getting you some singles. So when I look at his numbers, I uh, I have to go with Carson Kelly. I might even take the backup catcher Stephen Voigt over Tony Walters. At least Vogt, uh, Stephen Vogt has some power. He has some pop. And he also is a great uh, locker room guy. So Tony Walters, uh, D-backs definitely have a better catcher than Tony Walters. Now how about first base? Baseball reference is saying Daniel Murphy was the first baseman for the D uh, for the Rockies, and you know he batted 279, 13 home runs, 132 games played, 78 ribbies. Those numbers are nice, but I'd rather take Christian Walker who batted like 260 something, 29 bombs. You know, I'd rather take those numbers. At least I get more power with Walker. Uh, maybe you get a little bit more. Uh, batting average you know with Daniel Murphy yeah a guy who could hit for a better average you know Walker only batted 259 but I'll take his 29 home runs over Daniel Murphy's any day so first baseman goes to Christian Walker all right second base pretty much most guys we do this comparison to is not even gonna not even gonna compare to a Ketel Marte the same to Ryan uh I don't even know how to say his last name Ryan McMahon McMahon who knows but Ryan McCone 
He's the second baseman for the Rockies. He's only 24 years old, so I'll say that. He's still young, but so is Ketel Marte. He's already a beast, one of the 10, you can make an argument, uh, argument, maybe one of the 10 best, you know, just position players in baseball. So I'm definitely taking, not even a question, Ketel Marte over Ryan McCone. We'll be right back with that continued conversation between me, myself, and I after this quick message. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called Withings produced the world's first smart scale, and they are still the best. In fact, Tom's God rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart, uh, smart scale of 2020. If you are looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings Smart Scales are known for durability and exceptional user-friendly design. Step on, data from every way and syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of smart scales don't have the Wi-Fi option, and it means you need to have your phone on you. But with things, Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, weight trend, even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users and even knows who is who. So here's the deal. You can get 25% off of Withings Body Plus right now at withings.com for a very limited time. Go to withings.com, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com backslash M-O-B to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com backslash M-O-B to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. Here's the rest of that, you know, D-backs versus Rockies debate on who is better. And then, okay, shortstop. This is where I feel like a lot of the D-backs comparisons where they fall short. Second base, it's always Ketel Marte, but then when you get to shortstop, you're like, Nick Ahmed, he's a nice player. His offense is growing, but he's a defensive wizard. He's not much of a offensive player, even though he's improving that area. And then they have Trevor Story, who's been a beast since coming on the scene. I mean, he batted 294 last year with 35 bombs, 111 runs scored, and 23 stolen bases. So this guy's just insane. I feel like he gets overlooked and overshadowed a lot. So I'll definitely give it to Trevor Story. And then Nolan Arenado, third base. I love Eduardo Escobar, but Nolan Arenado, I think is actually an underrated player. He's never even won an MVP award in his career, and I think he it should be, you know, I think he probably should have or at least finished higher in some voting some years. And I think he probably will win an MVP award at least one time in his career. And just listen to these numbers from last year. This is a normal. If you look at, go look at Nolan Arenado's numbers from the last five years. He's just consistent year in and year out. I mean, here are his 2019 numbers. Batted 315, 41 bombs, 118 ribbies, 102 runs scored, 185 hits. The man adjusts to be so. Third baseman. I love you, Eduardo Escobar, but it's Nolan Arenado, no doubt. Now, if we look at left field, they had Ramel Tapia in left field, and uh, he batted 270. Well, let's just, I, I did this yesterday. I don't like to go left field, center field, or right fielder. Let's just look at the totality outfielder. So, got Ramel Tapia. He batted 275, you know, nine home runs, nine stolen bases, 138 games. So, all right, then. I'd rather take David Peralta than him. And then, let's see, Ian Desmond in center field they have. He batted 255 last year, 20 bombs, 65 ribbies. So I, I think I'm going to take a Starling Marte there. And then right field, 
Man, this one I can't even hate. Charlie Blackman is just a straight-up stud. Batted 314 last year, 32 bombs, 86 ribbies. He's been a stud year in and year out. So I'll take him over Cole Calhoun. So if I look at it, catcher, Diamondbacks. First base, Diamondbacks. Second base, Diamondbacks. Left field, Diamondbacks. And then center field, Diamondbacks. So that's five of the four starting spots in your in your lineup that I'm going with a Diamondbacks player. Or take well, yeah, five of the four because if you count the pitcher too, who's a hitter in the NL, so it's really of the position players, it's five of the eight spots. So that's clearly advantage D backs. But I would say the the Rockies might have the three best players in the series. I love Ketel Marte; he's right in that conversation. But I wouldn't put him on Nolan Arenado's level. I'm not even sure if he's on Blackman's level just yet. I mean, I think they're right in the same tier. And then Trevor Story's in that tier as well. So the three best. Three of the top four players are definitely on the Rockies, but all the other talent, I think, drops off significantly. That's where the D-backs come in to have a, a real advantage over the Rockies. So off-season uh, D-backs and starting lineup D-backs. Now, how about the rotation? This is what has to make Rockies fans frustrating, that they didn't address the pitching. Rockies pitching last year is just horrendous as a team they had a 5.56 era as a team and listen to this era their era from their just their starters oh actually i thought baseball reference was going to show it for me as a as a team but i'll go down the list their their first starter jermaine marquez 476 era john gray three four so that's not bad but Antonio Centazilia, I can't even pronounce that name, but Antonio had a 6-7-1 six, six, ERA. Kyle Freeland, a 6-7-3 ERA. Peter Lambert, a 7.25. A Jeff Hoffman, 6.56. That is just awful. Yes, those are six starting pitchers, but those were their main starters last year. They each got 15 starts or more, and they were just horrendous throughout the year. You only had one guy have below a 4.75 ERA. And only two guys below a what a six five year right in your starting pitching. So right there, you're you're not gonna win any games if you just can't get the guys out at the plate. That those numbers are awful. I think it's one of the reasons why so many Rocky fans are gonna be discontent with not addressing any of these weaknesses during the offseason. Now, one thing that the the silver lining for these Rockies pitchers is that they're pretty young. And they they're coming off seasons where, you know, twenty eighteen wasn't too bad for them. Hermain Marquez, he's 24. He had a good 2018 season. Kyle Freeland, he's 26. He had a good 2018 season. Peter Lambert was a rookie last year. He's 22 years old. Antonio's 24 years old. Jeff Hoffman's 26. John Gray's 27. So everyone you have is under 29 in their prime or going to be entering it soon. So I think that would be the silver lining. But when I compare that starting rotation to the to – the, D-backs? I mean, Zach Gallen might be the best pitcher on the Rockies. He might be their ace if we put him on that team. So you got me, Madison Bumgarner, Gallen, I just said, Luke Weaver. Yeah, I'll take a Merrill Kelly over a lot of the, the, the way their pitchers pitched last year. Even maybe a Mike Leak as a starter over some of the way over the, the ways their pitchers performed last season. So starting pitching, definitely no doubt the D-backs won that one. Now, how about the bullpen? This is where usually most teams get the advantage on the D-backs, but not the Rockies. This was another. Again, why didn't they go out and get any relief pitchers? Wade Davis as their closer in I don't know how many save opportunities. He had 15 saves on the year in 42 innings. But listen to this ERA by Wade Davis. 
865. Oh my goodness. Brian Shaw is another as another relief pitcher. Five through eight. Carlos Estevez was solid, 375. And Scott Oberg was solid. Maybe that's why they gave him an extension, 225 year, right? But Jairo Diaz, 453. Then you go down the list. Uh, Chad Bettis, 608. Chichi Gonzalez, 529. Jake McGee, 435. Yancey Alamante, 556. You know, J- uh, Jesus Tanako, 475. You know, those are their middle relief pitchers, and they just did not perform well last year. So when your starting pitcher can't do well, you at least hope, hey, get us through five innings. We could get it to the bullpen, you know. The Yankees kind of had that model uh, a few seasons ago where they're like, if our starting pitching can go five, maybe six, we'll just give it to the bullpen. And they'll close it out seven, eight, nine when they had like a, a Batances and an Andrew Miller. And I, I think they might have had Chapman on that team too. I'm not too sure. But uh, back then, you know, the Yankees do something like that. So as a... The Rockies were maybe at least hoping, you know, they could do that. Yeah, maybe our starting pitching sucks, but we have an elite bullpen, and then we could get the ball to them, and they could close it close it out for us because we know we have elite offensive options. We play in a batter-friendly ballpark, so the offense is going to be there. We just got to get it to our bullpen, and they could close it out. But they couldn't even do that last year. And granted, they, they play in Coors Field, so it's hard to pitch there, but there's been pitchers who's been successful in course field you can pitch well in course field you can be dominant in course field even though it's a hitter friendly ballpark you know yankee stadium's a hitter friendly ballpark fenway's a hitter friendly ballpark and they've had elite pitchers throughout the year so that's not really an excuse so if i look at that pitching if i look at their bullpen and just overall just any any all their pitching and compare it to the d-backs i have to give it to the d-backs so off-season moves lineup uh rotation bullpen D-backs won in and out every category. Really, what the Rockies just have to what the Rockies have to hang their hat on, I feel like it's just three guys, Arnado, Story, and Blackman. That's the team. Those are the faces of the franchise. And I'm not too sure if I like the Rockies' chances in 2020. I mean, I think the D-backs is definitely the better team. In conclusion, I mean, after going through all that criteria, how can you say different? I don't have too much, you know, respect for the Rockies. I have respect for the Rockies, but I don't have too much faith in them, I should say. To be a playoff contender, you know, even a wild card contender in 2020, I think this division's really going to come down to uh, the D-backs and the Dodgers. Maybe the Padres make some noise. A lot of people like the Padres. I thought they were okay. I talked about them on yesterday's pod, but just comparing the Rockies and the D-backs, I think it's no question D-backs are the better team. Thank to everyone who tuned in to this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, but I got one question before you go. What are you doing for the game? Whether you're the casual follower, the tweets everything person, the beginner, the diehard, the stat nerd, the smack talker, the appetizer guy who couldn't care less or makes everything into a competition person, we all have our place in the sports world. Same personalities apply to fantasy sports. Lee Commission exists to ensure your fantasy sports experience is the best one for you. We match managers to leagues as we lay the foundation for your new league. It's as easy as sign up with your preferences, get matched, and approve of that match before any commitment on your end. So, what are you doing for the game? Find your next fantasy sports league at leaguecommish.com. Now, thank you to everyone who tuned into this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. It's Friday, so that means go please check out any of the other podcasts that you might have missed this week. I did one yesterday where I did D-backs versus Padres. Who is better? So go please check that out. Hope everyone is staying inside, staying safe, and staying healthy. Peace.